Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Phineas Club for this special series of uh, The Joys of Brexit. Um, I can't even remember how we called this. My, my Everything is so confused for me. The Brexit Saga is what it is. This, is. this is the third episode. We do it every month. My name is Patrick Beja, and we welcome on the show... People from all over the UK. Um, I'll go around the table and start with the not quite actually in the UK, Bart from Ireland. How are you doing, Bart? Hi, I'm doing absolutely fine, Patrick. Uh, <laughs> rushing around in the pre-Christmas madness, but uh, here nonetheless. And, and it's so mad that you only have 25 minutes with us. So we're going to go very quickly to make sure we get your take on what's been happening uh, <laughs> up there at your neighbors, like the weird stuff. Uh, the other person I want to go to is Bruce, who is in Scotland. How's it in, in I guess, soon to be ex-UK? Um, we'll see. You'll, you'll tell us a little bit more. How's it going, Bruce? Uh, it's going well. I think the Magic 8 ball says all um, all indications are yes. Uh, for <laughs> and, yes. Um, yeah, I'm I'm doing all right. I'm up early, although I was uh, in bed very late watching the latest Star Wars. No spoilers. Don't no spoilers. Up. Uh, don't uh, don't say anything. Sometimes mm. we have to escape to a galaxy far, far away. Uh, I'll just say I was a bit disappointed. Um, uh, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Bruce. You can say. Uh, I, I was going to say I, I, I was. I wasn't. I really enjoyed it. So that's you know. that's but, awesome. Um, obviously, Patrick's very wrong and should get off the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I talked about it on Twitter a little bit, and it inspired me that that uh, thought. Fans are people who really love stuff. Fanboys or fangirls, I guess it doesn't apply, but in the same way, it's the word is fanboy. Uh, are people who really love stuff. And can't stand the idea that others don't. And uh, don't be like those people. Just being a fan is great. And if you loved it, I'm happy for you. Uh, Gareth loved what hey. happened uh, last week in in the Probably. UK. Right? <laughs> you're, you're up, you, you were dancing all night uh, after the vote because Brexit is going to happen, it seems. So you're super happy. Brexit is is going to happen. I think I'm super happy. I'm I'm still not super happy about the the choices that that I that I had to decide from. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it appears to on the surface to have gone my way. So actually, that's I'm going to continue the introductions. But are you super happy, or are you like just okay? Now it's going to happen. Fine, whatever. Like you're soured even on that, or. I'm soured even on that, but yeah, finish okay. finish your intros first. All then, right, uh, all right, yeah, excellent. Um, the new guy, Alex, 
From Wales, you complete you complete us. You complete me. You complete us, Alex. Welcome to the show. Uh, thank you, Patrick. So so very kind. <laughs> so you tell us in in like a minute uh who you are, what you're about and uh yeah, what you represent on this show. Okay, yes. So I am Alex in terms of kind of what I do. Uh I work in the IT consulting space. Uh, in terms of political background at the moment, I'm I'm kind of uh pretty much nowhere politically at the moment. I'm kind of homeless it feels. There's not really one kind of party that really kind of chimes with me right now. Uh, in terms of kind of my experience at the moment, I'm trying to kind of represent kind of what's going on in Wales, just to make sure we kind of get a voice uh, on the podcast as well, which would be really good. Uh, but I have lived all over the UK as well at the same time, including up in the north of England as well. So I've kind of seen a lot of the UK. So hopefully we should be able to give a good perspective uh, across the board. Fingers crossed. Excellent. Thank you very much. Um, before we get into the show, I do want to say one thing that has nothing to do with either Star Wars or the UK. Uh, I want to thank uh, very, very deeply the people who listen to the show and even more the people who support the show on Patreon. Because, you know, I had a thought, I don't know why, uh, last week. I thought th this show is not an easy one. It's not sexy. It's not buzzy. We don't make fun of stuff. We have fun, hopefully, discussing, but we don't, like, make fun of politics and of, of things that are happening in the world. It's like, it's the anti-hot take. It's the anti-Twitter. It's, it's not uh, the thing that you're going to jive with immediately, I don't think. It's kind of Not quite. We tried, as I said, to make it fun, but it's almost like homework a little bit. Um, and and the people who listen and the people who contribute, as I said, especially are are uh, really close to my heart. And uh, I, I just wanted, you know, as we're approaching the end of the year and I still manage to make a living uh, off of these podcast things that I do, this one is is very special to me. And the fact that it can exist is thanks to you. So I wanted to extend a, a heartfelt thank you to all of you. And uh, yeah, so the patrons in particular, patreon.com slash Club, of course, if you want to contribute, um, you have my undying uh, uh, thanks and uh, gratitude. So yeah. We is... love you too, Patrick. Aww. We love you too. <laughs> all right, Bruce, you're, you're talking. We have now 20 minutes with Bart. So you have five minutes to tell us uh, what happened for those who haven't been following in the past week. And then we'll go to Bart uh, so that he can let us know what's happening in, in Ireland and in part in Northern Ireland before he leaves. Go ahead, um, Bruce. The, 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 <clears throat> the long story is that uh, Boris Johnson won and uh, The election happened. The uh, polls all said that he was going to win and win a win a whole bunch of seats, and he did. Um, and that's what happened. Scotland voted very, very much for um, for the SNP and for the. Uh, so Scotland's gone yellow. That's a, that's the SNP's color. Uh, most of the UK has gone blue. SNP is the, the ind independent Scottish, Scottish Scottish National Party. Right. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're they're led by Nicola Sturgeon in Scotland. Mm. Although she isn't she isn't she hasn't got a seat in Westminster. She's the leader in, of the Scottish uh, National Party. Um, right. So she's an is she's the first minister of Scotland, which is which is the devolved government of Scotland, uh, who have considerable But, uh, influence. Be before we talk about Scotland, uh, I do mm. want to point out that. While most people expected uh, the, you know, 
I guess, in general, the pro-Brexit sentiment to win? Uh, at least my perspective is that there was still like some kind of... Because, okay, let's get down to it. A lot of people, especially on the Remain, on the, uh, Remain side, have, had been asking for a vote. It was like a new referendum. But essentially, I think it's not unfair to say this vote could have been that. And a lot of people in our bubbles, I suppose, um, were expecting that there would be some kind of message from the obviously overwhelming majority of people who had come into their senses that actually the UK could remain. So even though, yes, there, the, the politics of it might have ended up meaning that uh, Brexit sentiment would have won, no one expected it to win that strongly. So this is a, an incredible, I think, upset for people who were hoping that a new vote would change things, right? Now it's, it, it, it's over. Like, actually, the British people genuinely, democratically want to leave uh, uh, the, the EU. Um, I would agree with that. I, okay. I can't, I can't, if we go into the detail of the votes, there's all kinds of things we could read into how the election system works, how everything works. But I think ultimately what's happened is uh, the Tories have won. Boris Johnson took a took a risk. He's won. He won a whole lot of seats across the the Labour, the north of England, which is which are the Labour strongholds. Some people who have been in it had their seats, safe Labour seats for 30, 40 years who were ex-miners who were, they lost their seats. They lost their seats because people are fed up and they want to change. And um, the the narrative is one. So, so yes, um, ultimately, we'll go into it later. I don't want to, I don't want to overshoot um, Bart's mm. time now. But I would say, um, got to swallow it, got to get on with it. And, you know, Boris has won. Bart, um, we'll get back to that, certainly, to that sentiment. Uh, but yeah, as we mentioned, you don't have a lot of time. Uh, how's the, how are people feeling in, in Ireland? Well, leaving feeling aside for a moment, the actual okay. result results are actually very interesting. Like it's, it's only 18 seats in Northern Ireland and the, you, you know, you need 300 and something to get a majority. So on the whole, Northern Ireland usually isn't all that important in Westminster because 18 seats out of 600 and whatever, you know. But last time around, Theresa May was very dependent on Northern Ireland because she actually didn't have a majority in Parliament. She needed the Ulster Union or the Democratic Unionist Party to get her over the line. That meant that Northern Ireland had an unusual amount of influence. And then, of course, the minor problem of the border with the Republic of Ireland, the Good Friday Agreement, the end of, you know, decades of horrible civil war. It is kind of important, I guess. And um, now that's quite changed. So for the first time ever, there are more members of parliament for Northern Ireland in favour of Northern Ireland joining the Republic of Ireland and remaining in the EU than there are in favour of staying in the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. Wow. So that's wow. Yeah, exactly. So there's 18 seats. Eight of them are unionist. Um, nine of them are Republican. And one of them is for the Alliance Party, which is a party which basically is nonpartisan. It tries. It doesn't want to be. It wants to basically not be the two sides of the civil war. It wants to be, you know, bring people together. Alliance. It's kind mm. of in the name. 
And what's, you know, particularly heartening is that their share of the vote actually really ticked up. So they they really the Northern Irish voters like their their share of the vote went up by nine percent. No no one else went up as much. Uh, which is interesting. But the big thing is that the, the union, the also uh, the Democrat, sorry, I always get my unionist mixed up. The DUP, <laughs> the Democratic Unionist Party of Arlene Foster, are now powerless in Westminster. Boris Johnson, if I can do, if I can do maths, Boris Johnson's majority is thirty nine. He doesn't need Arlene Foster's eight seats. He's already thirty nine higher than he needs to be. So the power of the unionists in the north is gone. So this whole thing of it's impossible. To have any deal past Westminster where there's a border down the Irish Sea, that's evaporated. So if Boris wants to do a deal where Northern Ireland stays in the customs union but the rest of the UK leaves, he physically can do that now and there's nothing the DUP can do to stop him. So that changes things a lot. So, okay, that changes things for the nature of the Brexit deal, which I think yeah. it's still going to be complicated to put together like that whole backstop, how does it work in the sea? And at the, that's still going to be a mess. But is there any uh, possibility of, the, 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 of Northern Ireland actually, you know, uh, leaving. leaving the UK and, and deciding Ireland is cool, let's, let's do that? I would not rule it out. There was no way I would bet against it. Having said mm. that, there is no way I would bet for it either. Right, but, I, but the the possibility suddenly exists, even if it's remote, which seems it's not like... not sudden, Patrick. It's been okay. building since the Brexit vote. Mm. Since the Brexit vote, there have been murmurings, becoming mutterings, becoming outright discussions about having... Because the Good Friday Agreement allows for a border poll. Mm. It allows a, it allows for a referendum in Northern Ireland to decide where it wants to go. And people have been afraid to trigger that referendum because, well, you don't get to do that until you get the result you want. You know, you can't just do it over right. and over and over again. So the, people are like, well, let's keep our powder dry. But there's open discussion of not if there should be a border poll, but when there should be a border wow. poll. That's a change. So uh, that's really interesting because, uh, at least to me as an outsider, the one that seemed obvious was Scotland, which yes. were it, there were rumblings for a long time. But Scotland seems like we don't know if it if it is going to happen. But it seems like at some point the question will actually be put to the Scottish people. Um, it will be. It, it will, will be. You're, you're certain yep. of it. 99.9% sure, yeah. Whether it be the Catalonia model or whether it be with permission, I guess, is the question. Right. Yeah, that's the only That's the only thing. It will happen. Um, so Ireland, it seems, might happen as well. I, I'm not... I, look, Patrick, I wouldn't say Ireland is going to happen this year or next year. I, I, I think we're talking, the question is five years or ten years. Right, okay. But, I mean, down the line, it, it might... Unless, you know, if we're talking about five or ten years... There's still time for Brexit to happen and to somehow, again, uh, uh, unlike everything we in the pro-Remain camp have been led to believe, maybe it will be a resounding success and uh, the economy in the UK will soar and, Ireland, and, and Northern Ireland will say, you know what, actually, we're good, thanks. Uh, <laughs> it, right, it really depends on the nature of the deal Boris strikes, right? So yeah. the, the whole backstop thing, that's only what happens if there is no actual permanent relationship. That's what happens if Britain crash out 
a year from now when the transition period ends. Mm. But if a year from now there's a deal negotiated, that deal could be any shape. Right. And right now, because of the electoral math in Westminster and in Northern Ireland, there could be a giant big customs border slap dab down the Irish Sea. And that would change the dynamic here because it means mm. that we would get to keep our non-existent border with Northern Ireland. And that would really take the pressure off an independence poll. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so no matter what, there, the, I, I guess we didn't even really mention it, but the current plan is for Brexit to actually happen January 31st. And I want to ask you all what that means uh, in your mind. But before we do, I do want to ask also, and Gareth, I'm leaving the best for last. Um, so <laughs> I do want to go to Alex. Um, wow. I, <laughs> I don't even... Uh, know exactly what the status of Wales is in the union, uh, but c how do people feel about Brexit? And is, is there a uh, we need to get out of here sentiment in Wales as well? And could that be a possibility, Alex? Uh, first of all, apologies to Gareth for stealing a spot. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> no worries. Uh, so in terms of Brexit, yes. So Wales was very much in, in favor of Brexit. Um, I think it was somewhere around the region of about 60% of the vote or close to was in favor of Brexit on the original referendum. Uh, so it's very much a case of here. It's saying that's wanted to be done. Um, traditionally, Wales from this election was very much kind of a, a Labour party side who were basically a case of they did want to leave, but they wanted to, to give an option of a second referendum basically on a their deal and actually uh, remaining in the EU. We found that this election, there was a massive swing um, from Labour uh, seats to Conservative seats. So there was a swing of six both sides, so 12 in total. So, um, yeah, it was a big shock in Wales at the moment for the election. Uh, in terms of independence in Wales, it, it's very much a case of you go back five or 10 years, you wouldn't have heard anything of it. There was kind of a very small group that would maybe talk about it. But over the past kind of 10 years or so, especially with Brexit as well, the sentiment's kind of building up of actually, there's actually a hashtag in Wales called Indie Curious, talking about saying at the moment <laughs> that maybe it's not a case of independence is something we definitely want, but it's something now that's actually being discussed. Um, so it's really going to be interesting for the UK, but I would say that uh, in Wales particularly, it's going to be one of the cases where The economic system in Wales, I don't personally don't think really supports it currently. So it's a very risky, risky game for Wales to play. Mm. Uh, currently, there is a 15 billion pound deficit each year between Wales's taxes and what they spend, which is financed via Westminster. Mm. Um, so okay. the, the UK's government, basically. So um, it's a very, very risky game for Wales to play. But it looks like we're slowly creeping there. Uh, so it's, it's a very interesting thing to watch at the moment. Okay, so I guess, uh, uh, how did you put it? Independent, indie curious. Um, indie curious. Indie curious seems like it it describes the situation there. Um, before you leave, Bart, and we're gonna get mm -hmm. to the others again. But before you leave, what do you expect, and what does Ireland expect to happen on January thirty first? Now that Johnson has won, I guess we can say by a landslide. Um, well. I mean, expect, I, I, I guess we do have to say expect because nothing is a fact until it's actually happened. Right, but now it's kind of basically, it's almost but, certain. Yeah, unless something spectacularly surprising and amazing happens, then 
the UK will actually leave, which means that the transition period will kick in, which runs until the end of December. So that's one year of sort of Brexit has happened, but not really. Because in so, terms sorry, of... Just to be clear, since we're in December now, you're talking about 2020. There will be yeah. a transition period for about a year uh, once Brexit technically happens, but not really since it will be that transition period. Yeah, so at that stage, Britain is officially out and mm. they, they, they now move into the... So there's sort of three phases, right? In, in out and transitioning and out, out. So what's the and, difference between those last two? So in that last two, the in terms of the commerce, in terms of the borders, in terms of the customs, business as usual, but the UK wouldn't be in the, U, in the parliament anymore in Europe. They wouldn't be in the commission anymore. They wouldn't be running Europe anymore. They would be stop running Europe. It's just that the trade and so forth continues as it is until the end of that transition period. And the theory is by the end of that transition period, a new permanent trading relationship will have been established and then business a new business as normal can begin but that's a very short amount of time for something as complicated as a trade deal between two very very large economies so the prospect of a hard brexit is actually right there staring us smack dab in the face Still, because, still. Absolutely still, because Johnson is very clear he does not want to extend that transition period. That may be a bargaining position, but if he's genuine about that, if he's actually not going to budge, then when that transition period ends, it's fallout, crash out, WTO rules. Okay, so, but I mean, it, it might be possible to negotiate uh, the treaties, even if it's difficult uh, during that year. I think the the way we still look at it, however many times we've been wrong on, on this side of the argument, is that the UK is going to be in a rather difficult position to negotiate favorable treaties with the, U, with the EU and with the US, which are the two main trading partners. Um, so it, it still doesn't look like, oh, well, things are going to be fine when we look at it. I guess I'm going to... I can give you a silver lining. Okay, go ahead. So... The reason please Theresa do May, actually, please. Yeah, no, it's important, right? Because the reason Theresa May never got anywhere is because nobody in Europe believed she could go to Parliament and actually do what she agreed to do. So she'd go to Europe, arrange a deal, and then I'll go, yeah, right. She'd go yeah. back to Parliament, to Parliament and go, nope. And Europe like, yeah, figured that'd happen. Boris has 39 seats to play with. So he doesn't have to placate every single one of his MPs. He doesn't have to find some sort of magic unicorn that makes every single conservative happy. He can alienate 20 of them. Mm. Right? He can. And now whether he chooses to make the extreme Brexiteers cranky or whether he chooses to make the people who want the UK to stay in the customs union cranky on the other end of the spectrum, I don't know. Mm. But he has the freedom to make either extreme of his party cranky and still get his deal through. So he has latitude and an ability to negotiate that Theresa May could only have dreamt of. Well, I guess that is a silver lining indeed. It might get things moving forward, which I think everyone in the UK wants um, as the possibly least good option, but it's still significant. Okay, like There was always this thing of, oh, did they really mean it? Yes, mm. they did. Yeah, right? yeah. No, of course. It's it's clear. Like, you know, you look at the swing in the votes. I mean, you know, first past the post system, you have to be careful how you read it. But you can look at the swing in the in the votes 
uh, and that tells you straight away where people's sentiment was. It's like, no, 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 we meant it. We want yeah. to leave. So, you know, it's so let's get let's get on let's with get it. Get it done. Yeah. All oh, right. Jesus, you said it like Boris Johnson. Let's get Brexit done. Jeez. <laughs> do that. Um, A much nicer accent, though. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, all right. I guess you have to you have to leave, Bart. I unfortunately have real life to go get stuck into Aww. again. Apparently, work doesn't care whether we're Brexiting or not. Apparently, it still has to be done. That is terrible. Well, thank you for uh, being with us for this uh, little bit. And uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you very much, Patrick. Thank you for having me on, even though I can only sort of, you know, I'm sort of interrupting your flow a bit by coming in, having my say, and then buggering off. Um, but, you know, thank you for having me. And uh, to everyone on the panel and to everyone listening, of course, I hope you all have wonderful holidays. Whatever you celebrate, enjoy it. Lots of good food, lots of good friends, and maybe the odd drink here too. Excellent. Thank okay. you very much. No Merry problem. Christmas. Happy soon. holidays. Cheers. Bye. <laughs> All right, as I said, uh, best for last, Gareth. So we've been discussing things for a while now. um, And you've been the the, the courageous odd man out who would dare to come speak their uh, um, unpopular truth on this show where as much as I try to, to have very balanced views... Usually, my environment, my bubbles, whatever, mean that I'm mostly on the on the uh, side of people who are on the Remain side, meaning the left, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, so you're you're pla- placated? Is that the word I'm looking for? You're you're <laughs> um, validated? How do you feel? What do you think about all of this? And what do you think is going to happen uh, next year? Well, I, I think smug is probably the word, um, but but <laughs> but, I, um, but I don't re- don't really want to use that word. Um, I think I'm I'm annoyed really that we've ended up in a position where we have needed a general election to kind of cement a decision that was made um, previously, because um, I think what what the what the results kind of show is that. Yeah, you know the people that did vote for Leave were serious, and we did mean it. And 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 a good majority are still of the same opinion. Um, but I don't think that's what should have what what people should have voted for. Uh, you know, we were voting for the party that's going to run the country for the next five years. And one of the biggest things that's going to need looking at over the next five years is Brexit and all the all the renegotiations that need to happen. But there's lots of other stuff. You know, we still need schools to work. We still need uh, the NHS to work. We still need, you know, someone to sort out what's going on with the trains. All of that sort of stuff still has to happen. So for people to have picked which party they're going to vote for based pretty much solely on Brexit, which is what seems to have happened, uh, or their just previous, you know, I'm just going to carry on voting for who I've always voted for, um, I think is kind of wrong really um mm. so you know i'm happy with the with the with the the result but i don't necessarily think it's the right result for the right reason i guess yeah so you're you're not smug so much as you are frustrated that it had to go to there to confirm something that had already be said uh right is that an yeah accurate? i mean i guess that's it i mean you you've got to look at um 
you know some of these seats that are, that have moved. I mean, I, I'm I'm in a, a little town called Stone, which is halfway between Stafford and Stoke, uh, and just north of us is Newcastle under Lyme. Um, so not not Newcastle upon Tyne. That's that's up um, northeast, but Newcastle under Lyme, and that's been a Labour held seat since 1919. Mm. So 100 years of Labour control of that seat, and it's gone Conservative this time around. Mm. Um, and you think you know that actually the majority of the people that are in Newcastle I don't think their political aspirations their political desires are going to have changed that much so why has that seat changed you know mm. and and, and <laughs> you kind of think well the only thing that's significant at the moment that's going to have caused people to change their vote is you know maybe people didn't like uh, Jeremy Corbyn maybe people didn't like the fact that he wouldn't give a clear um, position on Brexit but the other obvious thing is that, um, yeah, you know, we've had a Conservative Party that's saying, "No, we're out. Yeah, Vote yeah, for yeah. us, we're out." I, I, I think I just want to butt in what what um, what Gareth is saying there about that seat going Tory is massive. It's huge. It's huge, huge, huge. They don't, you know, people will not change their votes to Conservative. They probably said they would have died before they do that, mm. and they did. Um, it, we can't underestimate the enormity of what happened. So, so why do you think that happened, Bruce? Um, I mean, I also want to ask you about that that sentiment of, it, you know, I guess we often tell uh, people on the Brexit slash Trump side, you don't want to accept reality. You're believing the lies. You're falling for it. When we, I will include myself in this, are the ones that were claiming, you know, this is a result that was a fluke. It was, it's not what people really want. We're the ones who didn't want to accept reality. So I want to, you know, maybe, I don't know, Alex, how strongly you you were in that camp, but I'm sure, Bruce, you kind of were. Um, how do you feel about that? Like that we were apparently, for whatever reason and justification that we could argue about for until the end of the world, that we were plain wrong. Um, I, I think there's a there's a very clear message here. Uh, I hate I hate that expression clear, but uh, what happened in 2016 with Trump and with Brexit? Um, the left came away and said, "Oh right, okay, uh, we didn't really take the temperature of what's going on there." So um, rumble on a few years, we we mocked. Certain people here and then said, you know, said things, um, and uh, on woke up on well, I didn't wake up on sat on Friday morning and realised I haven't learned my lesson. Um, mm. It's as simple as that. And the left has not learned its lesson. We, you know, whatever argument we can make about what percentage of votes went where and who did what, there has been a major shift, um, and. I, my only excuse is I live up in Scotland and we're very much still uh, we, we've moved much further to the left now. Mm. Uh, the SNP have taken over. So that's my excuse about my bubble. But still, that doesn't excuse the complete misreading of how things are in, in England. Mm. And that's despite all the all the polls being completely opposed to me. Um, there is a mood in, in England and and Gareth, you know, has been a voice of that saying, this is what we want. Give it to us. So um, I can't, 
yeah, I, I don't, I've completely forgotten the question, but I think no, I no, think but that, I, you're yes. you're answering it. Yeah, uh, uh, I, you're actually making me a little bit emotional. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, we got it wrong. We got yeah. it wrong. Alex, how, how do you how do you feel about all of this, and and how was the the mood in Wales? You you kind of addressed this earlier, but maybe personally, how do you relate to all yeah. of this? So so for me, I've, I've very much been a Remainer. The first referendum came around, I was like, yeah, it's fine. It's not going to be a problem. I woke up the next morning. I was like, oh, my God, what have we done? <laughs> um, it, it feels very much with this election, it, it's very much a case of, well, maybe let's go back to Wales first. Well, Wales, it's very much a case of, I think people are just tired of Brexit more than anything. It's just a case of, look, we did vote for it. We know we kind of don't particularly want it and if we look at the economics it really doesn't make sense but we voted for it so let's just get it done it's almost like people are tired more than anything mm. with, with the whole process and they're just like a case of one of the lines of the conservatives for example was if you vote for labor you're voting for diver and delay and i feel like that very much was the kind of sentiment in wales was that actually we stick where we are we're just delaying a process that's inevitable so that's why not let's not stall it let's just go ahead do it pull the mandate off Mm. Um, in terms of this election and kind of where it's went, it feels to me this is kind of more a case of the right side of politics are much better at figuring out kind of how like this era of populism is going and in terms of it taking advantage of social media and maybe some underhanded tactics at times to try and sway votes, it feels, in comparison to the left. Like there were some very very concerning things from the conservatives this time round in terms of what they did on social media to uh, try and sway things their way. Uh, there was a big outcry in the UK when there was a political debate going on between the leader of our traditional left party and the leader of the right, so Jeremy Corbyn and Boris Johnson, where the conservative official Twitter handle changed themselves to Fact Checked UK during the debate to try and make it look as though it was a fact-checking company instead. Mm. So it feels like the right are just better at the moment at taking advantage of our current situation with social media and um, elections. Okay, that's a, an interesting way of saying something that we've all been saying for a while that doesn't change the reality, but I understand where you're coming from. But personally, if you felt that you were, you know, in that camp of that can't be what the country actually wants, I don't know if that's what you you were thinking, but... How, how, I think it's a case of the country's unsure what it wants still. Mm. It's a case of, I think, a lot of people... Are, like, for myself, for example, this election, I didn't Wait, wait, know... you, you still think you don't know what the country wants? You don't think they actually want Brexit? I think it's a case of people want Brexit, but they're not entirely sure what they're getting, I think, is probably more the kind of okay. point this time. I think, I, it's, kind of I think it's more of an unknown, mm. basically, at this point, saying, yeah, we voted for it, we do want it, but it's a mystery gift and we're going to find out in five years what it's going to do to our economy. Mm. Um, I, I, from, I'm just going to say, uh, this is really funny because uh, Gareth, you and uh, and Andrew are both saying people voted for what, not didn't know what they were voting for in a way um, that Brexit isn't uh, what they were voting for. And I agree with you in some sense because I know those hard left-leaning uh, Labour seats voted for Conservative because it was a change because they're fed up with where they are. But in saying that, I'm going to be the one who says now, get Brexit done. Boris mm. needs to go on and deal, deal with his, you know, actually push forward his agenda. He's been voted in 
by an overwhelming majority, at least in the way the, the electoral system works. So I agree with everything you're saying, Andrew, wholeheartedly, like completely and utterly. But um, but I've, I'm going to throw it back to Boris. Get it done. Go do what no. you said you were going to do. I'm in the exact same boat as well. I'm a case of I was a staunch Remainer, but at the end of the day, Boris yeah, has got okay. his power now. It just needs to be done. Boris, get it through. Prove us wrong. I, I hope to hell you prove us wrong, mm. but we'll wait and see. Those two sentiments are almost exactly the problem that I have with the vote that's just happened. It's not necessarily that the British people have voted for Brexit. The British people have voted to just bloody get something done and mm. stop all the uncertainty and, and you know make it work rather than voting for Brexit. Right. Well, I still, what I'm getting from everyone is that for whatever reason, whatever misguided reason, whatever, you know, frustration there is, at this point, everyone is kind of, uh, it feels weird to say, but everyone is on board with, with Brexit. Like, all right, everyone accepts that this is what should happen given all of the circumstances, it feels. Um, so, Gareth, we only spent a little bit of time with you. But, it's okay. Um, no, actually, I want to hear more about what you think is, um, you know, going to happen now. If we look towards the future, um, kind of the question I asked Bart earlier, Brexit is happening in um, at the end of January, and then there's this weird transition period. Um, short term, you know, February 1st, uh, midterm 2020 or 2021, and then five, 10 years, what do you expect? Uh, what do you hope and expect will, will happen? I expect the supply of um, talking monkeys to start being shipped by Amazon Prime um, <laughs> to every household in the union. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I genuinely, I think we're going to have you know, we are going to have some problems at borders because I think there's going to be a whole lot of people who don't really know what's supposed to be happening. Um, I'm, I'm in the, the IT, IT consulting space as well, and I'm looking at several of my customers who either ship internationally or, or buy in from abroad, um, and they're kind of running around. And it seems like none of the, none of the carriers know what's supposed to be happening. Um, nobody in the EU knows what's supposed to be happening. Nobody out of the EU knows what's supposed to be happening. So I think there's going to there are going to be problems. Um, and I think that's always going to happen. I think even if even if the government had been putting out a very, very clear message about, you know, you must have this paperwork or that paperwork, and if it's going from here to here and from there to the other, um, what you need to do, I, I think you would still have problems because people wouldn't, wouldn't be on top of that. Um, mm. So very short term, I think there's going to be all kinds of confusion unless... As I say, there's a very strong message that goes out to border control that says, just let everything through. You know, just don't worry about it for now. Um, and I think that's kind of the point of the of the one-year transition period is for one year we can say, okay, that doesn't have the right paperwork. Put a sticker on it, mm. but let it on its way. Um, but, you know, but the sticker says, you were missing this, this, and this. Next time, it might not get through. Right. Um, so, you know, so from a practical point, I think the very short term, that, that's going to be a bit of an issue. That, that, uh, might go, that might fly with the UK, but do you think the EU will, um, will be happy with doing that? 
Well, well there's a transition period. Mm. Yeah, so I don't, you know, I, I I don't understand the the ins and outs of the transition period particularly well, but mm. you know, my understanding is that the point of the transition period is to allow this kind of um, loose right. checking, mm. you know, soft file, as it were, so. okay. uh, mm. of uh, of things. I have to say, from the UK, the the, the EU perspective, I mean. The EU is not in, in super duper shape. <laughs> um, things are, are a little bit difficult, but as it relates to the UK, we're kind of done. It's like, fine. You're, it's like, it's like a, a difficult breakup and you don't really want to hear about that other person that left. Um, but there are still the realities of reality that we have to contend with. So I don't know that we're going to be super uh, um, like a-holes about everything, but... It's kind of you're on your own. The the, the sentiment I'm getting here, but um. Um, I don't know if you've seen recently. Guy Verhofstadten has come out and said that um, I know he's not the favorite person in the world to to most to a lot of European people, but he's come out and said, well, okay, you're going to get your Brexit, but what's happening with the EU citizens in the UK? And he's basically thrown he's thrown a fly in the soup and said, we're not going to agree 100% to everything until you've given us assurances that people, EU citizens in the UK, are not going to get kicked out or be treated badly. Well, um, that's, so that's that's an interesting thing. Yeah, that's, come that's one of the uh, uh, difficulties that is, is going to have to be resolved uh, that you were mentioning, Gareth. But uh, okay, that's the transition period. Now, what do you expect will, will happen further down the line? Like, do, do, economically... I guess the hope is that things will be better on a five-year uh, horizon. Yeah, I mean, I guess I, I think it might end up being a little bit longer than that. Um, mm. You know, before I think we're going to be in a negative position economically in the short term because of all the uncertainty, because of all the change. You know, people don't like change. There's going to be change. Um, so it's going to have a, a detrimental effect short term. Um I, again, I'm not an economist. I don't know how long, you know, how big that effect is going to be or how long it's going to last. And I think even the economists that say they do are probably lying because I don't, don't well, think anybody actually knows. I, I uh, don't know if the economists know, but what one thing's for certain, we don't know and we're not economists either. So you're fine, Gareth. You're, it's just your sentiment. Um, yeah, so I think we, you know, yeah, we will have a bit of a dip. I think it, it will come back up again. And I, I do genuinely think that the UK will be stronger out of the eu i, I really mm. do think that and it's not a it's not a xenophobic thing it's not a it's, you know it's not a hate of europe um it's just you know that whole two levels of bureaucracy all of the time and rules having to try and be applied to one region that don't necessarily fit in another um that you know there's all all those reasons all, all, the, right, <laughs> all right. the reasons that i voted for brexit in the first place so you know still apply um Okay. So I think we, we, we would be better off. It's just going to take time. Um, and, and as to how long it takes to um, to sort out all the trade deals, I don't know who we have to uh, create trade deals with. You know, so America, for example, I, I kind of assume that we already have a trade deal with America because America are not part of the EU. So we are leaving the EU. As far as I can figure, we need to agree a trade deal with the EU, I, I I'm not an expert, deal. but I think the EU 
had trade deals with a certain number of entities that governed, you know, the the the, the way commerce and and the economy worked, including for the UK. So we do yeah. have to renegotiate a trade deal with the yeah. US. That is yeah. part of the upcoming. We don't have one currently, I don't believe. Or if we do, it's not what we need currently because what we're getting from the EU covers a lot of that. So there is currently a renegotiation going on because it's a massive discussion in the UK around chlorinated chicken at the moment. And we're not we're <laughs> happy to drop off food standards. And, and I think the, the 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 interesting thing in that regard is how do you think it's going to go with Trump? Um, but maybe you think it's going to be fine and, and Johnson and Trump. The, the thing is, I mean, we're getting back into the, the old arguments here and I want to move on to questions about the nature of the UK going forward. But Johnson is obviously at a disadvantage to negotiate things with Trump. Do you think it's going to be a favorable... You think you're going to get a more favorable deal for the UK negotiating with Trump and the US, especially given Trump's nature, um, than the EU got, than when the UK was part of the EU? Or, you know, that's the, the thing that... that that is uncertain to me or yeah yeah well i think i i I don't necessarily know that you can say that that we are in a better or worse position from having come out because a a lot of the all of these agreements are, are reciprocal aren't they you know so so we have there are things that we want from america yeah there are also things that america wants from us so, so the balance of do, power. Do you think there on, are a lot of things that America wants from the UK? I mean, certainly there are things, but who wants more things from the other? You know, that's the negotiating and, position and that that's and that's the thing, and that's mm. and that's what I have absolutely no idea about. Okay, you know, or, or okay, can can the UK do without the US's chlorinated chicken? <laughs> yeah, we probably can, and I mean, even if we couldn't at the moment, are we in a better position to say, well, actually? Yeah, let's start farming more chicken, and actually, mm. let's be- become less reliant on the US's chicken. Uh, this is a terrible. Uh, <laughs> example I mean, to obviously, carry on with, but... the chicken are an issue, but there are many others. But uh, okay, I'm not going to dive into that because it would just be a recreation of the Brexit debate, which yes. you know we'll have a lot of time to discuss. Um, uh, what it, do you it think is about... quite telling, though, Patrick. Just it is quite telling that three years on, three and a half years on. All of us here who've followed Brexit and know everything as much as we can, and we, we keep our ears to the ground, we still sort of think, oh, we don't really know what's going to happen. Mm. Um, you know, it's very telling that, and, and and that's what worries me most. That's why I think we have to just get on with it and do it. Right. I, I, I'm, I'm really, really, really uh, sorry to be, keep butting in and saying it, but it just has to happen now. It really does. Yeah. Um, and the reality needs to set in, whether it be good or bad. Okay, yeah, so the right. last question I, I did want to ask all of you, but it's especially Gareth, um, it seems like it's become likely that at least part of the UK are going to try and break off of the UK. And we kind of discussed it before, but it was very theoretical. Now it seems like it's getting more and more practical. Um, I guess, how do you feel about that? Um, if Scotland ends up leaving the uk that feels like i don't know if i can say too high a price i'm not even a british citizen so i don't know but what do you think about if about the possibility of that happening 
I think if, oh, firstly, I think it would be incredibly hypocritical of anybody to say, no, Scotland can't go, or <laughs> no, Northern Ireland can't go, because uh, it's it's kind of just one step down from what we've just done with the whole of the UK and and the EU. So if there's a vote and the majority of people in Scotland want to be independent from the UK, and if the what remains, you know, on, on both sides is a reasonable going concern, you know, it's it's there's not some sort of massive budget deficits or um, you know lack of lack of infrastructure that comes as a result, then why not? You know, the same with Northern Ireland. I mean quite frankly, it does seem ridiculous to me that we have a, a relatively small part of Ireland annexed off as belonging to the UK whilst the rest of it belongs to Ireland. So, but okay, now let's go into deep fiction, not science fiction, but deep fiction territory, which is not entirely unlikely, as we've mentioned a few times. If 10 years down the line, the UK is England and Wales, don't you think that's, I mean, that seems like not only is it sad, but it puts the country in a much more difficult position. Like, I, I don't... Obviously, a country, a smaller country, like, I don't know, Belgium or or Finland, or you need to be part of bigger conglomerates of countries to matter in this world. And this is... Because the world is the way it is. Don't you think that would be worse? I don't necessarily know what impact that has okay uh, you know we, we we have the eu we have the us we have china we have russia you know we've got these big lumps of country or big lumps of the of the globe and we can't agree that climate change is happening and that we ought to do something about it and what we ought to do mm. so if if the conglomerations that we already have can't actually make a decision about something as important as that, then does it really matter whether we're part of the conglomeration that's trying to make that well, decision? I guess big world-wide decisions like these obviously are, are uh, you know, it's not working, but I'm talking about a much more fundamental level than this. Like, do you have enough weight to get what you want from another country in a negotiation. That's the kind of thing that is a concern, would be a concern for me in these in these things. But, I mean, obviously you don't have that concern, so I guess I got my answer. Um, all right. Yeah, I mean, no, I, mean, I think, I think no, that, that is, yes, that is a concern. Mm. But it's but not the only one, I guess, is what you're saying. Yeah, it's not the only one, and I, and I don't necessarily... I don't know, and again, you know, I could be completely wrong. I could be miles out, but it doesn't feel to me like that's a problem. I'm mm. a little bit naive sometimes, you know. Maybe you know, I go into things assuming that people are going to be nice. You know, <laughs> let, yeah, let's let's have a conversation. Let's be nice. Let's be honest mm. and straight with each other, and let's you know come to a come to a conclusion. Mm. Uh, maybe that doesn't work on a <laughs> on an international level, um, but I don't see why anybody should be um, 
less open to trading with the UK, even if the UK didn't include Scotland. Yeah. I, I Yeah, I guess people from smaller countries would have different uh, opinions about this. But uh, uh, let's go back to uh, Bruce and Alex. Uh, what do you expect now um, for the next five years? Uh, Bruce, let's ask you first. Um, I think I think what I, what I think needs to happen is a lot of things. Um, up here in Scotland, I can't I can't speak for the UK anymore. I got it completely wrong there, and I, I never pretended to. But I thought, you know, I thought there was a certain sentiment and uh, way of working, and that the left was almost like a uh, there's a thing there's new labor sort of tony blair's new labor which was seen as a uh, blue labor they called it, it was sort of conservative labor that that won for a long time and i was reading that that was going to surge back um and it didn't and um you know the old labor seats have now moved um i think there's a lot of soul searching that's going to happen in england and wales i think scotland is by the end of 2020, and I, it's one thing I did say last time, is going to happen. There will be another Indy Ref. There will be another independent referendum uh, in Scotland. And while I'm not 100% sure, I'm pretty sure it's going to go the way of, yes, mm. you know, we're going to leave. There's so you so think many... within a few years it will happen that Scotland is going to try to leave the UK? I guess we already yes. said it, but yeah, okay. Yeah, whether, whether Boris accepts it or not, there is precedent for... Yeah, for Scotland leaving either way. Um, so it it uh, seems as as Gareth mentioned, it, it it would be impossible for the the people who fought so hard for Brexit to oppose Scotland leaving. Yeah, um, yeah. There, Not impossible, that. but hypocritical. <laughs> hypocritical. Right, I guess, yeah, that's uh, an important distinction, Gary. Thank you. That's true. Uh, and, and, and already the media over here has cottoned on to the fact that <laughs> it was very funny because the, the Tories have turned around and said, well, during the, during the election campaign, you... Um, SNP, the Scottish National Party, never mentioned once anything about NDREF2. And, and it's, <laughs> it's absolutely ludicrous because that was a key part of their manifesto mm. and that was our our own um conservative mp who got back in by 400 seats that's a different story altogether he's one of the few we're one of the few conservative areas within scotland um he was going on about vote conservative uh so we don't get an indie ref too that mm. was basically what what he that was his whole ticket um and i'm not you know i don't want to go into the individual politics of each area um, but I think Scotland's going to have the vote. I think Scotland will leave. What I hope will happen is either Scotland, and this is sounds ridiculous, but it's something that has been spoken about, Scotland will either join Scandinavia or Scotland will uh, look to join the EU, um, rejoin the EU. Right. Whether we can just stay in and the rest of the UK leaves, I don't know. You know, there's all these things about borders and controls and all that. That um, course, yeah. I don't even think I don't think any of us really understand. You know what, what's going to happen? Um, I think it will be. I think it would be easy. And the EU yeah. is in a position where anyone who says you're awesome, we like you, we want to to <laughs> be with you, would be like, yeah, come on in. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> well, there's also the problem of Catalonia and and you know all these other places that 
that might want to have independence that haven't before. And they're going to say, look at the UK, look what happened mm. there. You better give us a vote. Otherwise, you're going to uh, you're going to lose the whole country. So uh, I don't Which, know. Interestingly, uh, actually, be- there there might be some uh, uh, politics there at play, because if we just welcome Scotland with open arms, then it might embolden other uh, uh, I mean, Scotland is a more distinct part of the UK. I mean, it's almost a country. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas, it, so it might be different for, for Scotland region, is like, a nation. It's it a, nation. a nation. Okay, there yeah. you go. Um, mm-hmm. it, it might be a little bit different for Cal- Catalonia. Um, but yeah, if we just welcome Scotland, Catalonians might think, all right, let's do it. We break off and we join the EU. It's super simple. So it, they might be emboldened. So maybe there might be a little bit of sentiment of, you know, calculation saying, well, we have to be careful there. Um, yeah. All right. Um, okay. Just, just, I just want to finish that off. So I've said it before. Boris needs to do what he said he's going to do. I think there's no two ways about it now. Um, the electoral system needs to be looked at. The first-past-the-post system doesn't work. If you look at the way votes are stacked up, and it's a pity Bart's gone because we've been having the discussion on Twitter about this, but it doesn't work. The way the votes went and the result don't match up. Um, and that's I'm not saying that in any unpartisan way. I think Boris needs to do what he's done. He's been given a mandate. Um, the sec, the sorry, last last point is. There's a very key thing here. Boris told a lot of lies in the lead up to the to the uh, end of the um, to the vote. These can't be ignored. He needs to follow up on them. I grew up in a country where lies were told constantly, and then after the election, everyone forgot about them, and everything went back to what it was um, pre. Uh, election campaign. That can't happen here. It really, really can't happen. We need to make sure that politicians are held accountable. And so it's happening you, in America now with impeachment. So can you can you give it, us an example of of a, a lie that you felt was, you know, well, there was that, you know, uh, <laughs> well, he's already turning back and saying that, well, you know, maybe those workers rights we said we were going to keep from the EU. We're maybe not going to keep those, you know, and all those little bits of the NHS we said we weren't going to sell off. Maybe maybe we're not going to do that. This is already coming up. The politicians, the Tory politicians are already starting to say that. And this is where um, Gareth is exactly right, because people voted for an idea for a party who aren't necessarily the the party they want, but they wanted the idea, they wanted something. Um, and so it's not, uh, you know, there's Turkey's voting for Christmas, I, I actually think is bollocks, I hate it now, because people voted for something that they really wanted. The fact that the politicians can't get their asses in gear is not the people's vo- fault, and I don't think um, us on the left can can really do that anymore. Um, mm. And there's also, I think there's a comparison here, and this will be my final word on it, is I feel like I was, and maybe you were too, were J. Allen Brack uh, years ago. He's the, the, the you know, the World of Warcraft when they announced Classic and he turned around and said, independence vote, uh, the, the, you know, the British UK vote, they said, turned around and said, oh, you wanted that, but you don't really want it. Mm. You and, think you uh, want it, but you don't. You really. think you want it, but you don't really want it. And that's what we've been saying the whole time. So I woke up on, uh, you know, on Saturday, the day after the day after the vote, and I thought, actually, this is great. 
I'm going I don't need to fight this anymore. Mm. Let it just happen. You know, this is what people want. Let it happen. And I've got a bit frustrated with some of the some of the 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 activists down in England who are still banging on and trying to convince people by showing them figures about votes and this and that. Yes, it's interesting to look at. Yes, it's interesting to plan for the future and see how we we do these things. But this is done now. Brexit's done. You know, we have to move forward from it. Um, and you asked me the question last uh, um, last podcast. You said, if the vote went against me, will I accept it? And I think, yes, we have to accept it. We have to move on. Yeah. So I've said it millions of times now on this podcast. So I'll let you, I'll let you go now. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alex, uh, yeah, I guess I can't even remember the question, but I'm asking it to you as well. Uh, yeah, no problem. So it was, I think it was the UK in the next five years. Yeah, something like Question. that. Yeah, so I think uh, realistically we're probably going to see Scotland's quite likely to go. Mm. I'd probably assume at some point end up joining the EU again. Um, Ireland in the next five years, probably Northern Ireland probably still be part of the UK, but I imagine it's very much going to be leaning towards kind of heading back towards Ireland. At least that's the way the trend seems to be going. Um, you'll have England and Wales still to go. I don't think Wales will be ready for to try for independence in five years' time. But I think what you'll probably start seeing is that in England and Wales, the relationship will probably sour more than it already has. Because um, as I said before, there's, there's a £15 billion deficit that the UK government currently basically props up Wales with. And I think if it comes down to it, it's just England and Wales. Uh, you're gonna very Gareth, can you, can you stop fiddling with the mic? We can hear the, oh, sorry. the, the fiddling. <laughs> yeah. Go, yeah. Go ahead, Alex. Sorry. Yeah, it's very much a case, I think, that if it's just England and Wales and kind of Northern Ireland are looking to be to be gone soon, it's very much going to be a case of, okay, why are we propping up Wales, which is just the two of us? So I think they'll very mm. much kind of lose the spirit of kind of we're in this together. And I think the relationship between England and Wales is sour. And, and, and it might not be a case that Wales go for independence. It might be a case of that England just call it off, basically, more than anything. And in terms of England, I think they're probably going to be fine because a lot of the a lot of the economy, uh, a lot of it is focused around the kind of the southeast, uh, around London, around the financial services and everything as well. And there's always option in the financial services to basically say, OK, maybe the rest of the economy isn't doing too great, but they can maybe go and try ahead and try to do like what Ireland did similarly to start cutting corporation tax, encourage companies in, etc. So I think England's going to be fine. I think England will be fine in the next I few mean years. If we're if we're talking about the financial services and the, the way Ireland did it, the reason, the whole reason why that worked in Ireland was that it's part of the EU. You know, it's because it's a place to get low corp corporate tax um, and still be part of the EU. And financial services are very much in that same um, boat, or at least that's the estimation. We don't know anything anymore, I guess. Nothing matters, but... The, the the financial institutions have been looking at what other big city do we move to in the EU because we can't operate in the UK if it's not part of the EU. But uh, I don't know. Yes and no. Okay. So there, there are ways into the EU. I think particularly there's a loophole in one of the, I think it's in the Dutch economy, which allows money from outside the EU in. There's something very weird going on in Holland, which effectively allows people to do this kind of thing. Ah, uh, the, the Dutch moment. sandwich. Yeah, yeah, I think it's all to do with that, basically. So there's still a way to do mm. it. So if that loophole gets fixed, <laughs> then maybe yes. Um, but I think at the moment, there's definitely a possibility that 
England could basically go for the cheaper option and start basically trying to undercut Europe in terms of mm. the financial services side to try basically keep the economy propped up. So I don't so, think England's going to have the issue. Okay. All right. Um, well, I don't know uh, what to hope for at this point, but I will do one thing to uh, close off the show, and that is, once again, give Gareth uh, the mic and let him... <laughs> Uh, conclude this episode of uh, the Brexit saga. I think we'll we'll we might not do one in January because I'm not sure how many things will have changed. But certainly after January 31st, I hope we can do episode four, um, and we'll see how how it goes from there. But um, yeah, some, sometime think, in February sounds perfect. Yeah, I think it's only I think it's only fair that Gareth gets a victory lap, and, I, and I, I'm <laughs> saying that without any sort of malicious, malicious intent. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, go ahead. You, you, you close up the show, Gareth. Okay, well, I think the, the, the whole Dutch sandwich, it's, it's generally referred to as the double Irish uh, with a Dutch sandwich. So yes. I think, you know, Ireland is, is kind of crucial um, as part of that whole Dutch sandwich thing. Um, yeah, so I think, yeah, to, to sum up, I think the majority of the population are happy with the result, but I don't necessarily think that we voted for what we want for the country going forward. We voted to say... Just get this done. Just get mm. it finished. Get it dealt with. Um, and whether that proves to be the right decision for the country, nobody knows. Anybody that says they do is lying or making it up. Um, yes, but I, I think to close the show, I, I learned something um, uh, a couple of weeks ago, which is, and I need to ask a, a French speaker this question. How do you say the green worm goes towards the glass? Oh, I don't even know what that is, what that means. Okay, well, apparently it, it's, a, it's a kind of like a, a tongue twister. And the, the, the oh, ver, le, le uh, ver ver va vers le ver? Yes, apparently like this, is, okay. this is one of, the, one of the most interesting things for, for non-French speakers to hear the, from the French language, because <laughs> you have, yeah... Okay, oh, I, I don't know how that, how that relates to uh, Brexit, but... Uh, I'm happy to repeat it. <laughs> um, me either. I just thought it, it was something interesting that I'd learned this week about the French language. And, uh, so I thought I'd ask. <laughs> that's as good a way to finish the show as any, honestly. <laughs> so thank you, Gareth. Um, and uh, yeah, that's going to be it for this episode. Before we leave for real, uh, Bart, can you tell us where we can find you on the internet? Oh, Bart is not here. I meant Bruce. <laughs> I don't know why I said Bart. Um, Bart is B. Bouchotts, and the link will be in the show notes. I, I would, I would hope somebody has uh, can take a sound clip of you saying ve, 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 um, <laughs> and put it on another podcast somewhere. Maybe at the end, I think it'd be hilarious. Mm -hmm. um, you can find me Bruce Woodward three at uh, on Twitter. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm going to go into hiding for a couple of weeks. But, um, but yeah. fair enough. Uh, Alex, do you have a Thank Twitter you. account? Uh, no, I'm one of those weird people who are kind oh. of their mid to late 20s who is very much not on social media. Uh, well, I'm sorry. I'll still put your name on the show to acknowledge your presence. But uh, I guess that's it for uh, online presence for Alex. Maybe, uh, maybe next time. Maybe next time. And uh, Gareth, of course, you are on Twitter. Uh, I am, yes. I am at Gareth Westwood, uh, which is rel relatively simple and straightforward one. Um, so yeah, don't don't tweet a massive a massive amount. Uh, I tend to just uh, 
Yeah, just Trollope Bruce lots. That, that seems to be my current uh, my current thing. Great, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, I think maybe maybe lay off for like a couple of weeks. Yeah, <laughs> just, so, yeah. <laughs> let's be uh, kind. I think it's all. You what? Sorry, I say it's all fair game. Okay, all right. So you have his uh, permission. Excellent. Um, all right, and uh, for me, it's not Patrick on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. The show is available at Frenchspin.com. You can also find Pixels over there, which is my gaming show. We did our big uh, end of the year best games of the year episode last uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, so go check that out if you enjoy gaming a little bit, and uh, if you enjoy this show, as I mentioned at the beginning, Patreon.com/slash the Club is the place to go to support it. You will also get uh, that link in the show notes, so it's easy to do. Um, please uh, think about it if you do like the uh, show and these series. Uh, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year to everyone. I might do a solo show to talk about the strikes in France um, later in the month. I'm not sure because I'm I'm going to be busy in Paris with the little one and the family and all of that. I might because I think it will blow the mind of everyone outside the country what is happening. Um, and it's, uh, it's an interesting one. We, we'll see if I do, but uh, I might. So look forward to that potentially. And uh, aside from that... Have a wonderful time and we'll talk to you in a few weeks. Bye.